Taiwan Today. With us now in the studio today is Nate Maynard. He is an environmental researcher in the areas of waste management, energy, and the oceans. He is also the host of a brand new podcast on Ghost Island Media called Waste Not, Why Not? Thank you so much for joining us today, Nate. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. I'm glad to have you here talking trash with us in the RTI studios. You got to be careful inviting me on to talk about garbage. <laughs> I know, because this is actually a very important issue for you. This is something that you do as a job. This is your, your whole kind of life's endeavor right now. Yeah, besides the podcast, this is my actual work. I work at the Zhonghua Institution for Economic Research, where we work on grants to educate on circular economy, but also we help the government understand and analyze what's happening with renewable energy and other types of circular economy energies and industries. And now if our uh, viewers at home, if you haven't seen the Taiwan Explained, uh, in which Nate explains Taiwan's waste management in 60 seconds or less, I would suggest going and watching that first, uh, because that's a great kind of short version of the much longer version about Taiwan's history of waste management. Um, there are some fascinating things that are happening here in Taiwan, and I want to start off with uh, a slide that you shared with me, uh, and that is about Taiwan's garbage generation versus recycling. And I think this paints a really amazing picture of how 20 years ago, the amount of trash that we created was so much higher, and it's gone down dramatically, and then in the last 20 years, also the amount of recycling has dramatically gone up. Can you Talk a little bit about what we're looking at here and why this has happened in 20 years. Sure. Um, this is the one of the most fascinating stories I think that Taiwan has to offer. People talk about how, you know, oh, maybe Taiwan doesn't change. Well, this is proof that it does, because in the early 90s, Taiwan was generating a significant amount of garbage per person, about the same as Hong Kong is today. And then over time, because Taiwan put a price on garbage to dispose of it, companies and individuals found ways to decrease the volume of garbage they were generating. Then you have this recycling rate, which increases dramatically. Probably before 1998, there was recycling happening in Taiwan, but this is the start of the formal system. And this is based on the uh, extended producer responsibility scheme. Okay, what does that mean? That is, uh, if you look at any product packaging you buy in Taiwan, you'll see this little recycling square symbol. With the, with the arrows, the green with arrows? With the little arrows, yep. yeah. It's okay. Taiwan's take on recycling. Okay. And that means that that product, the manufacturer, has paid into a recycling fund to make sure that that product can get properly disposed of. Okay. So the U.S., almost many, so many countries in Europe have this. The U.S. has this with bottle deposits. But instead of just being for glass bottles or plastic bottles, it's for almost every product in Taiwan, even things like refrigerators and computers and batteries. So they've paid into a fund which actually ends up making it easier to recycle those things? Yeah. Initially, the recycling fund developed the recycling infrastructure itself, paying for things like garbage trucks, recycling centers, waste transfer centers, all that hardcore infrastructure that needs to exist. Today, the recycling fund does innovation as well, but they do a lot of education to make sure that people remember how to recycle and we can educate the next generation. So actually, Taiwan recycles more than a lot of other countries in the world. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Taiwan's official recycling statistic is a little fuzzy, which is the same for most countries. But based on the research that I've seen and other colleagues I've talked with, it's somewhere between 50 and 60 percent is the recycling rate. So that's how much of my garbage uh, ends up getting recycled. The rest of my garbage goes where? That's how much your garbage goes into the recycling stream. Now, okay. it may not necessarily get recycled, but a 
high proportion of it is indeed recycled. That's a much harder statistic to figure out though. Okay, what happens to the rest of my trash? It gets burned. It gets burned. So it goes into Taiwan's waste incinerators. That's correct. Okay. And then after that, the ash from the incinerator will go to a landfill. So okay. Taiwan sends less than 1% of its garbage to landfill. And that's really important because Taiwan's a very small island. We don't have a lot of room for landfills. That's correct. But Taiwan could have built more landfills or like Japan built more incinerators. Mm -hmm. But instead, Taiwan decided to develop these policies to reduce waste. Okay. So now what do you think other countries can learn from Taiwan's experience of waste management over the last 20 years? Now, Taiwan's situation is obviously unique. There's singing garbage trucks, there's garbage... Wait, 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 you have to explain this slowly. <laughs> singing garbage trucks. So basically the garbage trucks come at a certain time per day. We toss our trash into the garbage trucks. That's right. We give our recycling to the, the recycling truck. That's yeah. right. You have to have this Pavlovian response to, to, <laughs> to the song Fur Elise. I hear Fur Elise or the Maiden's Prayer. That's the yeah. other song. And then I rush out with my garbage. Yeah. Okay. And so you have to, you have to do that. Now, I'm not saying that every country in the world should have that system. But or use those songs. <laughs> I think there's better songs now. <laughs> but what Taiwan did is took the principles that work for waste management, putting a price on garbage, mm -hmm. and then they applied that to Taiwan's own unique context. Mm -hmm. Europe has done the same thing. Every country with a high recycling rate has extended producer responsibility. And also we should say putting a price on garbage. So uh, essentially if you want to throw trash away in Taiwan, you have to use dedicated garbage bags that's correct um, which you buy and so you're essentially paying to throw away trash now if you can recycle the stuff in your trash then you don't have to pay for that yeah recycling is free and mm -hmm. that creates a whole secondary market because then you have people who can collect these recyclables and sell them to brokers and then earn money that way so now what which parts of taiwan's waste management system do you think other countries can learn from uh if if not the singing garbage trucks <laughs> Uh, and, and what countries in the world do you think could benefit from some of Taiwan's expertise? Sure. The three principles that I understand that made Taiwan the success it is are putting a price on garbage, having a strong regulatory framework to go with that, and having a strong cultural and educational movement and having all three happen simultaneously. What do you mean regulatory? What do you mean culture and education? <laughs> Talk to me like I have no idea what's going on here. Tell, tell, <laughs> people, tell people how to recycle. Make it a crime if they recycle improperly or at least have a fine for that. Mm -hmm. And then have some way to use money to build recycling infrastructure. So okay. make waste cost money, tell people to recycle, and then uh, maybe punish people if they don't do it correctly. <laughs> and you have to do all three at once. Okay. Uh, many countries can do one, like the U.S., for example, can do two. But you have to do all three at once if you really want to be a leader in waste management. Okay. Now, are these things resonating with other countries in the world? Are, are people coming to actually come to Taiwan to learn yeah. about this? Yeah, Taiwan does a lot of exchanges with Southeast Asian countries. Uh, I've personally been to the Philippines and spoken with companies and, and regulators there to try and explain what Taiwan did well. Mm -hmm. uh, places like the Philippines or Malaysia or Vietnam have a much similar history and, ge and geography than, say, Western Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a different context, a different economic context. Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan all developed good recycling policies at the same time. Okay. Now, Southeast Asia can have that same revolution. We have the solutions to waste management. We just need to apply it. Okay. So how does Taiwan compare to like some of the countries in northern or, or kind of western Europe that are also doing pretty well with waste management? Those countries, all, many of them, uh, Austria, Germany, France, they all have very high recycling rates. You know, also the Netherlands. 
But the main difference is that Taiwan actually physically recycles a lot of that trash. Mm -hmm. So when China banned waste imports, mm -hmm. uh, that really affected European countries because they did not have the same domestic recycling infrastructure. Obviously, there are exceptions. There are recycling companies in these countries, but not nearly at the same scale that there is in Taiwan and not nearly with the same proficiency. Okay. Let's talk about some of the areas in which Taiwan can actually improve in terms of its waste management. Sure. So what we talk about a lot is the circular economy, which is another word for zero waste, not sending any garbage to landfill. With Taiwan, though, a lot of its circular economy has been about recycling. Taiwan is hesitant to do projects around sharing, repairing, reuse. There are exceptions. You know, U-Bike is a shining example of a bike share program that's supported at a city level. But in terms of sharing products or buying used clothing or generally repairing objects, Taiwan seems to prefer things new. Okay, sharing products, like what could I share? We're not talking about sharing televisions, right? We're not televisions, but things like power tools. So the, ah, okay. a person on average uses a, a power drill for about 15 minutes a year. <laughs> Are you talking about me? I, I feel I'm very I'm talking seen. about myself. <laughs> I'm talking about just, just everybody on average, yeah. un unless obviously you're a craftsman of some sort. <laughs> right. So there's these things that are set up. There are a few in Taiwan, but this is more popular in Europe to have a library of things. So mm -hmm. you can go and rent a drill, or there's apps like in the Netherlands where you can rent a ladder from your mm -hmm. neighbor or rent a bucket, and you can have this sharing. People in Taiwan probably do, do this, obviously, informally, but not at the same level that European countries do. Okay. So what are some of the things that are happening right now or about to happen in Taiwan in terms of waste management that you're quite excited about? I think that uh, the straw ban was a really good idea. Um, Plastic straw ban, The plastic right? straw ban, that's yep. correct. And also the plastic bag ban for Taipei City. Taiwan has set itself up fundamentally so well that when they banned plastic bags, they had an easy alternative, which is that if you needed a plastic bag, you could get a garbage bag. And few things environmentally beat a plastic bag reused twice. So what you're talking about is like you go to a supermarket, you forgot to bring your tote bag or any other sort of bag that you can put your stuff in. So you, if you need to buy a bag, instead of buying just any old plastic bag that you're going to toss away, you buy a trash bag. Certified. Which, a certified trash bag, which you have to buy anyway if you want to throw your trash away. Correct. Um, one of the things that I learned from you, actually, is that it's almost better to use plastic bags than paper bags. Yeah, it's, it's unintuitive. Yeah, that, that uh, kind of blew my mind. And this is something I learned from your podcast, which we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But something about how you have to use paper bags five times in order to kind of really make it, what, environmentally yeah, to, friendly? Yeah, to sort of balance <laughs> out. Yeah, it's true. So a lot of people look at pollution and they just see the visual side effect. You see mm -hmm. a plastic straw on the beach and you assume plastic is really environmentally damaging. But there's a lot that goes into the background behind plastic bag production and, and paper bag production. Mm -hmm. You have to cut down the tree, process the tree, process the pulp. You need certain solvents and chemicals and materials. Actually, when you measure that all out, a plastic bag is better for the environment than a paper bag, especially if you reuse it twice. Okay. Any other things uh, that's happening in Taiwan in terms of waste management uh, that's got you excited right now? Or in the next, like, let's say in the next, like, couple of years that you think will happen? What's really exciting is that major fashion brands, Adidas, Nike, H&M, Zara, are all committing to use sustainable textiles. And Taiwan has a 95% collection rate for plastic bottles. Taiwan is a key player in functional fabrics for textiles. And so Taiwan is very well positioned 
to create sustainable plastic textiles out of recycled bottles. So we're seeing things like uh, shoes that are made from recycled uh, plastic bottles. Shoes that are made from ocean trash, uh, also, World Cup jerseys that are made out of ocean trash. That was There was a Taiwanese company behind that. I think as big brands continue to demand for recycled content, they're going to be able to find that in Taiwan. Very exciting things to look forward to. Another exciting thing that you can look forward to is listening to Nate's uh, brand new podcast called Waste Not, Why Not on Ghost Island Media. Uh, tell us, why did you want to do an environment-related podcast? I wanted to do an environmental-related podcast because, you know, not everyone loves graphs. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone loves graphs like I do, and some people have busy lives, and they just need to quickly understand what's happening environmentally. And a mm -hmm. podcast is a really good way to do that because you are talking to someone inside their head. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> right in their ear. Right in their ear. I can be the voice in their head, and we can have a conversation about how to protect the environment in a way that is smart, in a way that is reasonable. Mm -hmm. And tell us about the, the podcast and how it differs from other uh, podcasts that are about the environment. Because, I mean, it's a big ocean out there. How does it's a your, big ocean. How does your fish fit in? <laughs> There's a lot of environmental content. We try to create entertaining and informative shows where we bring mm -hmm. on people you might not commonly hear about, where we talk about something that most hosts wouldn't want to talk about, which is garbage. Mm -hmm. So we talk about garbage and we talk about how to apply it to people's lives directly. This is not an environmental show for other environmental researchers, mm -hmm. although I hope they listen. This is an <laughs> environmental show for people who are busy, who may not have the time, and who don't want to waste their time oh, protecting the environment. Nice. <laughs> I like how you slipped that in there. And what I think is really great about it is that you kind of uh, tell us what we can think about different things. Because I think, for me, I think I don't really know what to believe, but you really whittle it down in a way that's very succinct uh, and is actually oftentimes surprising. There are things that I've learned from your show that made me kind of change my uh, perspective on a lot of things or maybe worry less about some of the things <laughs> that I tend to worry about being a very anxious person. Um, uh, one of the things that I noticed uh, that was, was pretty fun is that you do uh, a lot of interesting sound effects. That's actually why I like listening to your show because it's, it's got a lot of humor in there. It's not as serious as some of the environmental podcasts are considering how much of a concern the environment and climate change is. Uh, Waste Not, Why Not, of course, is based here in Taiwan. It's not only about Taiwan, uh, but it does highlight many of the ways that Taiwan can share its expertise with the rest of the world. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Nate Maynard. Thank you, Andrew. It's always a pleasure. <laughs>